2: In 1896, something really interesting happened in France. That year, the Lumiere brothers held the first screening of a motion picture titled Arrival of a Train. The legend goes that when the first audiences saw the images of the train moving on screen and heading towards them, many of them jumped out of their seats, screamed, and ran to the back of the theater audiences had never seen anything like this before the lumiere brothers work in entertainment pioneered a new era and it's sort of similar to what we're living through right now on the cusp of web 3.0 i'm sure somewhere out there the lumiere brothers or sisters of today are working on the next big thing in entertainment in episode two We talked about how collaboration and co-creation are important aspects of digital citizenship in the metaverse. In episode four, we went through how gaming is building its rules and infrastructure. Today, we're looking at gaming's close cousin, entertainment, and how it's the glue holding everything together. While on the surface it may seem as if people are trying to use immersive entertainment to escape reality, when you look deeper You can see how we're all using it as a way to connect in ways never before possible. I'm Kathy Hackle. You are listening to Adweek's Metaverse Marketing Podcast. This is Episode 5, Entertainment at the Core.
3: People like the idea of an escapist experience, whether that be on TV, in a video game, or in some kind of shared virtual space. And I think that helping people to momentarily escape reality is really what entertainment's purpose is.
2: That's Anshul Sag, the principal analyst at More Insight and Strategy, a global technology consulting firm. While we can debate the purpose of entertainment, it's easy to understand why people these days would be attracted to the prospect of escaping reality.
4: Nationally, cases are up about 30% week over week, according to the latest CDC data, Uh, just under 18,000 now being recorded.
0: Two bombings happened this morning around 9.45 Eastern time in Kabul, one at a gate that leads to the Kabul airport, the other at a nearby hotel about 1,000 meters apart. There are a number of dead in the nearby drainage ditch, and the Pentagon now confirms a number of United States troops were killed. Hundreds
5: of millions of people around the world using some of the most popular. Social media sites, Facebook, Instagram and WhatsApp have been forced offline in a major global blackout.
3: When Europeans turn on their radiators or hit the light switch, they expect reliable and affordable energy to bring them heat and light. That confidence is flickering as energy prices
2: soar. As we've discussed in earlier episodes, COVID-19 has pushed us globally towards the adoption of digital technologies whether that's Zooming with friends and relatives or ordering food through meal delivery services. As technology becomes more immersive and untethered from our televisions and computers, so too is our entertainment. In
6: 2045, there's nowhere left to go. Nowhere, except the Oasis.
2: And as Jonathan Glick points out, the possibilities for media companies are endless.
6: When you talk to people about what imaginary worlds they wanna live in, often be like, oh, I don't want to live in imaginary worlds. And then you say, well, what if it was possible for you to go inside Hogwarts, right? What if it was possible for you to, you know, walk the desert of Tatooine, right? Or go into the Middle Earth of J.R.R. Tolkien, and then all of a sudden you'll see their eyes light up.
2: The Metaverse presents itself as a realm of infinite possibilities and opportunities, like unexplored planets in outer space. But how we get there is still being established. Team eyes, 15 seconds.
0: 10, 5,
2: 4, 3, 2, 1. Ignition. And lift off. So thank you. Go Dragon. Go Falcon. Godspeed inspiration Four. Technology has been augmenting entertainment since the beginning of entertainment itself.
0: Good morning, good morning, good morning to you. We've got a lot of good music for you. Here he is, Mr. Personality, Dr. Don
6: Rose. 6.06 a.m. in Atlanta, Georgia, a town so healthy they had to shoot a man to start a cemetery. Ah! In the whole world, could you drive on I-75 for
1: ten miles? Sterling from two dollars eighty cents to two dollars forty. The bankers may have a different appraisal this morning when they get the news that the Federal Reserve Board has hiked its discount rates to banks from four percent to four and one half
4: percent.
2: But as Catalina Reyes Navas reminds us, entertainment is also social.
4: You know, Entertainment as a whole is something that people love to do as a shared experience. Arguelles is
2: the group product marketing manager in the camera division at Snap.
4: People are looking to have a shared experience when it comes to entertainment. People like to be together. <laughs> people don't necessarily like to be alone. And so the canvas of being able to create an opportunity where people can spend time together doing something And having fun or seeing a story or being a part of a story is really exciting. The evolution of storytelling from just one person's point of view that someone else is watching to a story that that person can actually be a character in or be a part of and make their own.
2: Entertainment is now also personal. The mobile phone is the perfect tool for deploying immersive storytelling in such a way that it pulls people into the story in real time.
4: This idea of personalized storytelling is is exciting. Features on the Snap side, like connected lenses, which is shared AR, are an opportunity, a platform where people can join that story together or join that entertainment together. Lego was one of our first partners testing this technology where friends that might be around the world or sitting shoulder to shoulder can join and experience live on Snapchat from Lego and build Legos together. And so it's just an incredible canvas, I think, to change the way that people think about storytelling in, in this new world where, you know, digital and content is no longer just a screen. It's no longer just a feed that you're looking at, but that you're truly a part of.
2: Craig Donato echoes the importance of the social aspect of entertainment and adds, that coupled with the element of fantasy, you can create a truly unique experience that would be almost impossible to scale for the masses in the physical world.
6: Music is something that people have historically done with their friends. You know, going to concerts, going to shows is, is super fun. So we want to figure out how to really incorporate both those things. How do we enable music to be part of people's identity? How do we enable music to be a, a really great social experience? And. As we do that, we really aren't confined with the a lot of the physical constraints of running a concert, right? You know, everybody can actually have be a VIP or have front row seats. While you're watching the concert, you can be floating in a balloon or jumping on trampolines. You can have all sorts of fun while you're watching the concert. So there's all different kind of things that we can do to bring it to life in unique ways. So we're really doing lots of experiments. How do we actually enable? the metaverse to be transformational in terms of how people consume music.
2: Craig goes on to say that it's not just music Roblox is interested in, but it has been a point of focus for the company lately.
5: I like the idea of building virtual concerts, which we've been doing with Roblox, because it's a way of bringing people into a virtual reality that's running when they may not be able to go elsewhere.
2: That's Raphael Brown, the CEO and co-founder of Symbol Zero an interactive software development company that has helped bring some of the most talked about virtual concerts in Roblox to life. I can
5: remember before the pandemic going to immersive theater and thinking, hey, I want to build this in VR. So John Vlasopoulos, uh, who I've known for a good long while, their global head of music, came to, to me last year and, and basically said, let's figure out virtual concerts. Uh, Roblox wants to do them. and you know, could you figure out what that entails from a production and development standpoint? And I went back to uh, an art director, co-founder, and basically said, okay, so I've seen the Travis Scott thing and I kind of have a sense of what we could do. And, you know, we want to do our own thing within Roblox.
2: Raphael is referring to Travis Scott's astronomical concert, which we mentioned in an earlier episode. The concert was attended by 27.7 million fans in Fortnite, It was, as we mentioned, a Metaverse moment, crystallizing what can be done in terms of online spaces and entertainment.
5: What do we do? You know, they they want to bring Little Nas X in. It kind of feels like there's a thing here that's a little bit like an in-game real-time cinematic, kind of combined with an MMO live event, maybe combined with a little bit of like an MMO seasonal expansion or content drop.
2: MMO refers to massive multiplayer games. A kind of game where hundreds and sometimes thousands of players play together on the same server. They usually take place in a persistent shared universe, like World of Warcraft.
5: It's like there's a bunch of pieces here and we've done all these pieces individually. You know, whether it's Epic with what they did with Travis Scott or Roblox and us, like we're not reinventing the wheel as much as we're combining... These existing pieces, and then putting it together, but the presentation is a new thing. You know, it's like we've worked with actors and, and musicians before. We've virtualized them into video games before, but MMOs hadn't really brought them in and made that event. MMOs would have an event that didn't have a performance. So it's like we can bring all these pieces together.
2: We mentioned in our last episode the importance of gaming to the metaverse, but it's the interplay of entertainment and gaming that truly make the metaverse experience unique. Or perhaps, as Dirk Luth puts it, gaming and entertainment should be thought of as one in the same. Dirk is a co-founder of Upland, one of the fastest blockchain-based games in the world.
5: Well, we all know that gaming as an industry has been growing much faster or is larger now than, you know, traditional like movie industry, music industry and so on. So people are spending lots of time there and lots of money there. At the end of the day, gaming is entertainment, right? But what we are going to see is that lots of parts of traditional entertainment will grow into gaming, will grow into metaverse.
2: So what is the relationship of entertainment and brands in the metaverse? Lindsay McInerney, the former Global Head of Technology and Innovation at AB InBev, says that where people go, brands will follow. Where there are people, where there are eyeballs... Brands like to play there, right? So whether it's large sporting events or entertainment experiences, or whether it was the internet and the social web, you know, billboards, brands like to be where there are eyes. And there are new worlds emerging. There are new places emerging where people are spending time and congregating and coming together for experiences. And so this is a really
1: natural place for brands to want to be, to engage, to play, to surprise, to delight, you know, all
2: the things that brands brands are, you know, really good at. But it's not just business as usual in the metaverse. As we discussed in episode two, the metaverse is much more about communal storytelling as opposed to a top-down or one-to-many approach.
3: As a brand, you really want to experiment meaningfully. You want to understand the platform you're coming into.
2: That's Jonathan Raz Friedman, the founder and CEO of SuperSocial an interactive media company building virtual worlds in the metaverse, starting with Roblox. His company just built a brand activation with MGM and their Adams Family brand, released just in time for Halloween inside Super Social's game, Gustopia.
3: I think it's very dangerous to come into a new platform, whatever it is, and treat it as like you've treated previous platform and so whatever worked in mobile web whatever worked in in facebook or, or snapchat another platform you know i think when you come to a platform for example like roblox that is a 3d multiplayer environments or game world It's really important to appreciate what's unique about the platform, take the time to really understand, find the right people and organizations inside the platform that can really educate you on that and ultimately partner with the right people. Because I think that if you, as a brand, if you underestimate or you you have lack of appreciation to the uniqueness of the platform, you don't fully understand what the community of players or users of that platform look for what they care about, you might end up doing more damage than good.
2: Another reason why it's not business as usual for entertainment brands in the metaverse is intellectual property. While Jonathan Glick agrees there's a huge opportunity for entertainment brands, the open source structure of the metaverse could fly in the face of traditional copyright.
6: When we talk about people wanting to spend more of their time, more of their lives, more of their money in virtual spaces and imaginary worlds, many of the worlds that they're most intimately connected with, the most emotionally connected with, the most, in some ways, already financially connected with, are the ones owned and managed by the world's largest media companies. When we're talking about the kind of worlds that that people want to live in, many of those worlds are ones that are copyright protected, trademarked and controlled by very, very large enterprises. So the question of how they stay relevant is its not a difficult one to envision. There is, however, the question of to what extent they can be successful if those virtual worlds are entirely self-contained and separate. And that's, I think, the larger question for those enormous media enterprises which is all right you can have a world of star wars or you can have a world of lord of the rings and people can go in them and be real but to what extent can they be successful as standalones right or do they need to interoperate
2: that was jonathan glick the co-founder of the ball metaverse index with matthew ball interoperability is a theme we keep coming back to inter which means between and operable which means practicable Interoperability is literally the operations that enable the practice of the metaverse to happen. What Glick is saying, and what others have hinted at, is that we may have a problem if big studios and record labels of the world don't understand how to operate within the context of the universe owned by other large media companies. What we're talking about here is essential intellectual property, but perhaps... We're so used to living in a world where ideas and artworks are owned by someone that we can't see. But in the future, creation might live in an inclusive and collaborative environment. For a hint of what the future might look like, I spoke with Jenkins the Valet. For those who don't know, Jenkins the Valet is a non-fungible token or NFT avatar on the Ethereum blockchain. He's a member of the Bored Apes Yacht Club, the group of collectibles we discussed in an earlier episode. In addition to being a member of the club, Jenkins de Valet has taken on a whole new life of its own. Recently, I wrote about how CAA is now representing Jenkins de Valet across books, film, TV, podcasts and more.
0: Our whole goal with, with Jenkins Dev is, you know, like I said earlier, is to serve as a voice for the amazing creativity that happens in the NFT space. And I think CAA just helps us figure out like where we can take that voice and who might be interested in hearing it. And so it's been an amazing partnership so far. We're so impressed with their vision. The first time we ever spoke to CAA was because we were just looking for some advice on how to make offers to authors because we were looking to collaborate with an author for the debut work by Jenkins of LA. And when we started to describe what we were building with Jenkins, they immediately got it and were interested in taking the relationship with us to a level where they were representing us.
2: As we explained in episode two, collaboration and co-creation are paramount in the metaverse. So much so that the spirit of community impacts not only the type of entertainment, but also what's deemed entertaining. So, entertaining has become sometimes a little bit of an escape. But as digital artist Krista Kim reminds us, it's also about art. Well, especially in the metaverse, the metaverse is
1: really a blank canvas. It's the new frontier of human civilization and we need pioneers and we need builders, architects, creatives to to build the metaverse, to not only build the structures, the architectural Places and locations in the metaverse where we will congregate and that we will own, but also the, you know, the art and the assets that we will purchase and populate our metaverse experiences with and enrich our lives.
2: You'll hear more from Krista Kim in a future episode on NFTs. For Krista, it's not just a question of, will we be entertained in the metaverse? But because that's a given... It's also about what else can we discover and create? You know, for me, it's an ethical question as
1: an artist. It's philosophical. Like, what does it mean to be human in the digital age? And where is the beauty in it? You know, I think the role of art is to bring humanity and a sense of values and ethics into any technology that we encounter, that we create with. And so for the metaverse, I want the metaverse to be a
2: place of enriching human lives. Certainly, there is an element of escape to entertainment in the metaverse. But there's also an element of creation and art, which isn't about checking out. It's actually about tuning in. Art is an invitation to connect with one another and to bring a sense of values and ethics to technology. I think the intention should be for future generations to have
1: really a a very humane experience that actually makes us better people. That makes us smarter, better, that makes us healthier, that makes us live better lives, longer lives. And education, medicine, travel, tourism, you know, retail experiences, brand experiences, friendships, love, art, you know, cinema, entertainment, dance, you name it, all of these experiences with our VR headsets and with augmented reality will be enhanced. We just have to make sure that it's done in a humane way so that we're not creating a dystopian future, because life imitates art. So we want to make sure that what we present in the metaverse is going to be ideal, idealized, utopia, better than what's in real life, so that our real life actually
2: becomes that, mirrors that. In my conversation with Dirk Luth from Upland, he told me he always uses a quote from German philosopher Arthur Schopenhauer that says, All truth passes through three stages. First, it is ridiculed. Second, it is violently opposed. Third, it is accepted as being self-evident. Where do you think the truth lands currently in this journey into the future of entertainment? In a future where our entertainment becomes more personalized but at the same time more social, entertainment will change and is changing. The question is, are you entertained yet? We're at the halfway point on this journey into the future on this podcast, and we hope you're having fun. In our next episode, we are aping in. It's time to talk about NFTs. The Metaverse Marketing Podcast was brought to you by Adweek. It's hosted by me, Kathy Hackle, and edited by Divergent Productions. Amanda Costco is our executive producer, and Nick Gardner is Adweek's production director. If you're listening to us on a podcasting app, you already know how to get your podcast. So please subscribe to this one. If you're on Adweek's website, consider subscribing to the podcast by searching Metaverse Marketing in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Tune in next week for episode six of eight, as we continue down the Metaverse rabbit hole and explore the future. For any feedback, please email podcast at adweek.com. You're listening to Adweek's Metaverse Marketing Podcast, hosted by Kathy Hackle. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you in the Metaverse.
6: Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just the thing for you. Meet Bible Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence.